Welcome to the Pacific Point Church Podcast, where we're learning to love and live like Jesus. During this half hour, we're praying that God will direct, encourage, and speak to you. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, visit us at pacificpointchurch.com give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Everybody have a good New Year? Survived? Yeah, back from trips and, and everything else? Well, back to reality, right? It's just so weird. You know, everything, uh, being old, everything goes by so quick. I mean, it just flies by. It is mind-blowing. And so much so that now when I get ready to go on a trip, I get bummed before going on the trip because I know the trip's going to be over before I can even think about it. And it, it sort of ruins the beginning of the trip. So I've got to, I got to work on that. So um, I'm, I'm so blessed to be with you guys this morning. I was gone last week. Chris and I, uh, we, we went for a, a good dear friend's 50th birthday party in New York, and we are in the city for for several days and got to see about uh, 10,000 eddies, which was interesting. Um, but it was, it was, <laughs> well, it, you know, and it was crazy during New Year's. We did not go to the ball drop on New Year's because there's a million people in that little area. I'm like, I refuse to. And she's terrible in crowds. Like, I love New York. I love the city. I have no problem bowling over a little kid that's in my way. Not a problem at all. But she's like, excuse me, sorry, sorry, excuse me. And I'm like, you can't work that way in New York City. You've got to take people out and go or you'll never get there. That's just the way it is. Not a New York City girl, but I love you. <laughs> it was a great trip. Uh, I want to give you a couple of uh, updates. I just want to say thank you and thank the Lord. We did a Christmas offering, and uh, we asked for $5,000 from you above and beyond your regular giving so that we could bless families and moms and and, and just people who are in need. And, and some that never said a word to us, but it is a, we wanted to bless them. And uh, we were able to bless uh, 12 families and single moms. And here's the deal with that. And we've got to get a team to do this because I get the, uh, the blessing of being able to give it, but I'm not giving it. You got, we all are giving it. But when I give, people are so appreciative and it's such a, the, the, just the joy to be able to give is unbelievable. And, and I want you guys, some of you to experience that too, because it's amazing to see and, and uh, God's blessing. So um, thank you guys for your, your generosity uh, during the Christmas season. I want to ask you to join us next week. We are celebrating two years here in this building, and and uh, uh, it's crazy how time time flies. We're going to have the taco truck immediately following, so bring your appetite, come, and and it's a good time of fellowship and a way for us to say thank you and and really uh, hang out and celebrate together what God's done in this this short amount of time and in this this church. So um, I, w- I want to read to you scripture out of Deuteronomy, what we believe, Chris and I and, and others believe that God is saying for this church for the next season. Each year, um, we pray and, and we seek God and we go, okay, what do you have for us this year? And this is uh, the part of the direction I believe God is sending us. And today I want to kind of go over that. I want to I want to talk about a few things. But it, this scripture in Deuteronomy is 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 critical to what we're talking about. Deuteronomy six four through nine. It says this: Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, 
And when you rise, and you shall bind them as signs on your hands, and they shall be on your, your frontlets between your eyes. It's, it's, uh, I didn't have a picture for it, but it, there's a picture of that where it literally hangs, and you, you'll see um, uh, Jewish rabbis, and they will literally have hanging from their eyes because of the scripture. And then verse 9, and you shall write them on your doorposts of your house, and on your gates. Let, let me pray. Father, I thank you for this time we have this morning. God, I pray for clarity. Lord, I pray that you would speak, God, and just move me to the side, that you would give us hearts that would be open to receive what you're saying. God, I, I, I thank you for 2023. And Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do in 2024. God, your faithfulness and your goodness, Lord, we, we just, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So starting in 2024, every really, we do it every six months. We, we like to look in the mirror. Look in the mirror. Who are we? Back 664. It is good, James says, to look in the mirror and remember what your reflection looks like. So we, we were in New York, and we went to the, the Museum of Modern Art, which is amazing. If you're ever in New York, you need to go to it. Just unbelievable. So we're there, and there's all kinds of people there. I mean, it's it's pretty crowded, which that was the bad part of it because they were crowded around the Monets and 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 around the Warhols and the different, you know, this beautiful artwork. So I go into the bathroom, and uh, I, I come around. There's there's sinks in front, so I'm walking through, and then I come around the corner, and there's a row of 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 urinals. There, I'm going somewhere. I promise. There's a row of urinals. And, and, and there's some guys sitting there, you know, waiting in line kind of thing. And uh, I see someone walking, kind of like walking out. So I'm like, oh, there's, there must be a free urinal or a urinal that's ready for me. Um, so I turn around and I go over here and this guy is like standing right in front of me. So I go this way. You know which way he goes? He goes that way. Then I go this way. He goes that way. And I'm like, I'm like we can't get out of each other's way until I realize I'm looking in a mirror. I'm thinking in my mind, there's just another good-looking guy at the, the Museum of Modern Art. And I look back, and these other guys that are waiting, they're just looking at me. I'm like, dude, I know. It's New Year's. It was New Year's Day, so I'm sure in their mind, they're thinking, this guy got hammered last night. He can't even recognize his own face in the mirror. I, I'm like... <laughs> And I just said, yeah, I'm, I'm an idiot. And I just, they laughed and I, I walked out and I'm thinking, oh my gosh. I, I, it was a little dim in there, so give me some grace, you know, but I couldn't, I didn't recognize myself in that mirror. <laughs> it is good for us to look in the mirror and recognize who we are. Some of us look in the mirror and we don't recognize who we are anymore. So every beginning every year, we like to look back and look forward and see what God, God has done. I highly recommend that you do it um, individually. So who are we? Who are we as a church? This just Pacific Point Church is a piece of the whole church, the big C. There's many churches. There's great churches in the city and throughout the world. We're only a small part of the big church, 1 Corinthians 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews, Greeks, slaves, free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. There's only one church. Jesus' church, we're just a piece of that. 
We're no important or no less important than the one up the street that has 10,000 members. We just have a certain role that God has called us to. That's who we are. What we believe God has called us to, the mission that he's called us to as a body of believers, if you call this your church, what you're going to hear is this, that we're learning to love and live like Jesus, that what we want to do is day in and day out learn more and encountering Jesus and learning to love like Jesus does with our family members, our friends, and others, but also to learn and be more like him in our relationship with God. Our values, we value what we say is up in and out. Up is first and foremost our relationship with God. Secondly is that, that, that horizontal relationships with each other. And then third is the out, is sharing our great stories. So you'll hear throughout the year these three things. Up, our relationship with God, our relationships with one another. But then we don't want you to just keep all that here. We believe that your story, as Joe said earlier, your story matters. And people are reading you, and they need to hear the story of hope and the gospel through Christ Jesus. Now, looking back at 2023, I want to look at God's faithfulness and show you some things. If you're new here, if you're a guest here, it'll give you a little picture into our church and, and, and who we are and what God's done over the last uh, year. And if, if you're a part of this church and you've been around, hopefully it'll encourage you in what God has done. Psalm 36.5 says, your steadfast love, O Lord, extends to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. God is faithful. God is, I don't care what you're in the middle of right now. It doesn't neglect the fact that God is faithful. I don't care the most difficult finances, relationship, whatever it is. It does not deter God's faithfulness one iota. God is faithful regardless of what you're dealing with. And I've seen that time and time again, God's goodness and his steadfast love and his faithfulness in our lives. The word that, that we feel like God has given us for 20, 2023 last year was to go and make disciples. And I watched men grab a hold of other men and women grab a hold of other women and pour their lives into them. And we want to continue to do that because that's what the Bible says that we're to do is to go and make disciples. And if you haven't grabbed a hold of someone, if you want to know what that looks like, come and grab me, come and grab Melvin or Eddie or, or Chris or it, it, you know, this is what we're multiplying is who we are, who God has called us to, uh, what God has called us to do is to make disciples in this place. Preaching last year, we talked about the holiness of God in the beginning of the year. We talked about, we went through the book of James. We went through Jesus' discipler, who's eating your fruit in Ephesians. Those were the, the main topics of what we preached around last year. Um, but in, here's our budget from last year. Our budget was 300, uh, uh, 1780, or uh, yes. And what we ended up receiving last year because of generosity from this church was 305,000. Thank you. Faithfulness, God's giving, and his faithfulness. I, I want to show you where, where this much of this money goes, too. Because here's the deal. I believe in tithing. I believe 10%. The, the, you know, people go, uh, you know, before taxes, after. I believe the first thing I see, tithe off that. That's the way I've been taught. That's what I think this word says. You need to wrestle through that in your own. But I believe in tithing. This church does the same. And we give to 
numerous ministries, as you can see. We give to Jim Doman and Church United. Church United is a ministry about uniting churches, and he takes groups of churches to our capital in Washington, D.C., and in Sacramento, and he prays for our, our church leaders. An incredible ministry that this man has. Kevin Singleton, you've encountered, if you've been around here long enough, he has a, a, a ministry in prayer and music. He'll actually be here in a couple weeks, so we're excited to have him back. Savannah Stevens, if, uh, you've, if you've been around long enough, you've met her. She does campus ministry, and she's one of the, the, the ministers that we support on a campus, and she works with sororities on her campus. Uh, Rich and Larkin Akel have been and give testimony. They do missions overseas, and, and they're with Christian or with uh, Mission Equipped. Barry Martinez is uh, a man that we've supported for years. He does FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And we've gotten behind that ministry for years. Preborn ministries, which which I love because I, I talk about the word of God. I talk about I talk about abortion, but if you only talk about abortion, you don't do something about abortion, then you're just talking about abortion. And and we support a ministry that that pays for ultrasounds for women who are pregnant. And the the statistic they gave, if I remember correctly, I may have to go back and look, but they said like 76% or 78% of women who get an ultrasound and see the baby in the heartbeat in their belly, do not abort that baby. The numbers, but most can't afford or it costs or insurance or something. So we support this ministry as a church that gives that to young women, that does that for young women. Individuals, single moms and families. I think I did the counting right, but there's at least 11 families and, and eight single moms and 12 individuals and anywhere from $500 to uh, four or $5,000 to help them, whether it be through tough times or medical bills or just life. You know what I mean? Just life. The church is, is, is not just about, it, the church isn't about give. The church is about giving. It's not about taking. It's about giving, distributing. So when you give, it's not just to keep the lights on the building and those things, although it is, but we're also giving out. And that's why we believe that, that, that God has called us to give, and we see that in scriptures. I want to thank you for your generosity this last year. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for trusting us. Thank you for uh, giving to the vision of what God has called us to. Uh, your giving statements will go out in, in mid-January. So if, if you have any problems with those, let me know if you don't get them, and we can take care of that. But I, I am so blown away and thankful for the men and women that God has given us in this church and to see what God is doing in this place. What did we see God do in 2023? We saw numerous people get baptized and get saved. Look, at the end of the day, people coming into the hope and the relationship of Jesus is why I'm here. It's, I, I believe it's why many of you are here. And if it's not why you're here, I think it's why you will be here. But I am the pastor and, and minister, but I, you are ministers. And I, I, want, I want this church to preach the hope of Jesus on your job sites in your families, at different places that you encounter. And last year, we saw that with many people. We saw the growth and strengthening of people in their faith. We watched families and we watched individuals grow in their faith this last year. Many of you have seen God move in, in extraordinary ways. We, we see needs that have been met in miraculous ways because of what God has done in and through this church. And that is straight God. It has nothing to do with me. It has to do with God's power and what he does in each one of you and 
what he's called us to do as a church. Why is what we do in our lives and church so important? Why, why is this so important? Hope. Hope. At 2.30 today, I'm, I'm going to a funeral of a, a, a good friend. Um, I, I play hockey two or three days a week with my, my buddies, Mikey and, and some others. And, um, you know, you just, they just become, we play regularly at lunch game and they just become friends in between Mike cussing at me and me crying. We just become really good friends. Oh, is it? Yeah. We, we just have, uh, you, these guys become, you know, cause you, you just together, uh, one of our very good friends, um, Tommy Holman, um, on Tuesday, and I wasn't there because I was coming back from New York, but but Mikey was there. Um, at the end of the skate, he just kind of was blazed over, and they went over to him, and then he passed out, called an ambulance, and as he was going to the hospital, he had a heart attack and died. Young man, 50, I said, because I'm young, 59, I think-ish, but young. I do what I do. And I would do what I do, even if it wasn't this what I do, because of the hope of Jesus. I don't know what tomorrow holds. Holds. You may think you do. You may think because you're young, vibrant, strong, your whole life. I don't know. So each day matters and each day counts. But here's what I know. There's a whole world out there that doesn't walk in hope. That is, is, is scrambling, trying to figure out, grasping for the next thing. I want us to give hope. I want us to sell hope. And I don't mean sell hope in a bad way. I mean sell hope in the right way. That people see your lives and our lives and we preach the gospel and they get changed. Because Romans 15 says this, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. You want joy and peace? You want joy and peace? The God of hope, not the God of money, not the God of power, not the God of your house, of your car, of your relationship, but the God of hope will fill you with joy and peace in believing so that the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. So this hope, and any, anyone out there can, can have a little hope, but what the scriptures say, what the Bible says that as Christians, we should abound in hope. Hope should be coming forth in our lives, even in the midst of your chaos. Even in the midst of your stuff, hope goes forth. It abounds forth. That's who I want to be as a church. That's who I want to be in my life. So let's flip it now. That was the last uh, 12 months. Thank you. I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. We are blessed and blown away by this church and what God has done and what he's doing. So let's kind of, let's look forward for the next the next year. This, uh, I'm not going to stay on this. This is our preaching calendar. It's a lot. This is just to show you that I'm not a complete idiot. And I do plan. Okay. Well, let's just go one out of two ain't bad. I do plan. Okay. So um, that was funny, actually. So uh, this is our preaching calendar. So they're just, we're, we're, we still got a little few, you know, a little while on Ephesians, but, but this is what it'll look like going into June. What do we believe God is saying to PPC in 2024? Pour into and strengthen families. 
We, we believe like we've been so blessed by our family and, and we feel like God's saying, you need to pour into the families and strengthen. Now, here's the thing. Some of you are going, well, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't have a family. I'm single or we're married and no kids or whatever it might be. But, but the Bible doesn't differentiate between spiritual and natural families. You have a natural family, all my children, five kids and some grandkids out there and all my parents and all, all of that. That's my natural seed family. But there's a spiritual family that happens here. There are people that are part of that. And when you come into this relationship with Jesus, you know what you step into? A spiritual family. Some of you are trying to live your life outside of that spiritual family. And God's saying, step into that spiritual family because your, your, your strength and your encouragement and, and, and for some of you, you know, your, whatever it is, is there in that spiritual family. So what we believe God is saying is we need to pour into that I, because I think things are a little crazy. And I don't think they're going to get any less crazy. I want to read this, and this is why we took this scripture. I'm going to read it out of the message now. This is the one from Deuteronomy that just, Deuteronomy 6. It's called the Shema. Jews for thousands of years would recite the Shema to encourage their family, to build family, to encourage Scripture, to understand that the Lord God is one and there's only one God, and it's not the idol that you worship that is not Him. It is God, and, and this is it in the message, because this is, is the heart of what we're talking about. And I love it. It says, attention, Israel. Hey, wake up. Listen, is what it says. God our God. God is the only God, period. Love God, your God, with your whole heart. Love him with all that's in you. Love him with all that you've got. Write these commandments that I've given you today on your hearts. Give them inside of you. Get them inside of you. And, and then get them inside of your children. Pause right there. You go, I don't have any children. Well, you know what? When we talk about spiritual family, we're called to have spiritual children. That God has called us to have sons and daughters in the spirit. And they may be older than you, but they're still a son or daughter in the spirit. It doesn't, this, this hope doesn't stop with you. It goes forth into others. So when you talk about them wherever you are, sitting at your home, walking in the streets, talk about them from the time you get up in the morning to when you fall into bed at night. Tie them on your hands and your forehead as a reminder. Inscribe them on your doorposts, your homes, of your homes, and on your city gates. That's what God is calling to us as a community. That's hope. Families, spiritual, natural. Now, Jesus doesn't differentiate, as I was saying to you. He says this in Matthew 12. He says, they're one and the same. It says, while he was still speaking to the people, behold, his mother and brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. But he replied to the man and told them, who is my mother? And who are my brothers? And stretching out his hands toward the disciples, he said, here are my, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Spiritual family. Spiritual family. This message is not for just couples that have three kids, you know, or one kid. Don't, don't, that's not what I'm talking about here. That is an aspect of it. You can be single and 20 years old, and I'm talking to you. Spiritual family. 
You want to walk through what God has for you? You can't fully be who God has called you to be. You can't fully walk out who God has called you to be without the men and women God's called you to walk in it with. I cannot be the man that God has called me to be without being married to the woman that God's called me to be married to. I cannot do what God has called me to be without being linked to the men that God has called me to be linked to. My destiny sits in the hands of those that God has placed around me. And as I walk with them, they, God uses me in his grace to do what he's called me to do. A lot of lone star people out there. A lot of lone star Christians. Your destiny's tied to those that God has called you to walk with. Spiritual family. Why is this so important? Why is this so important? I had this revelation on Christmas Eve. I was at my house. And it, was, it was my first Christmas ever without my mom. And uh, I stuck with dad again. <laughs> dad was there. All my kids were there. All my grandbabies were there. My cousin, Sean Lawrence, who many of you know, and his kids were there. And we're sitting in this, this living room. And, and we're singing Christmas songs, and God, Lord knows that she can't sing. I mean, I can't sing. All these kids are singing. And then, and then we stop, and, and we give thanks, and, and one by one, these kids would come up and say what they're thankful. Juliana was there with us and Joey. And, and I'm just blown, I'm blown away. And the revelation that came was this that Sean's dad, Uncle Carl, who was a missionary to China, and my mom, Shirley, and, and my father, Jim, they're pouring into our family, me, Sean, Chris. The fruit of that is now that my kids are pouring in and pouring out. Generation. I'm sitting there going, you know, and my kids can be a little squirrely, and then I'm listening to their stories, and I'm going, oh, God, thank you. Oh, God, have mercy. See, because the Shema is this. This is the Shema. Let me give you some point what the Shema is. It's teaching and passing down our faith, natural and spiritual. And some of you go, well, I've already raised my kids. Well, then if you have grandkids, God's calling you to pour into your grandkids because there's nothing greater than the way my mom and dad poured into my kids, the generations. And, and, and teaching and passing down faith is critical for our families. Families, we need to teach our children the core tenets of our faith, transferring beliefs and values from one generation to the next. The Shema is all about that, this transferring of who we know who Jesus is or knowing who Jesus is and who God is and getting it to the next generation that they might have hope, that they might bring hope to the next generation, and so on and so forth. Unity and togetherness, verse 5 and 6 in, in, in that scripture. It, unity and togetherness, this, our families and our children need the security and the sense of unity and togetherness. Shared moments of spiritual connection, emphasizing the importance of collective commitment to God. That's a lot of words. What does that mean? It's this, that in this, this, this Christmas Eve, we've got a range from 
15 or 14 up to 25, and each one of them wanted to be in that place at that moment. Teenage kids calling and asking Chris and I, when's family dinner? When's family dinner? 25-year-olds calling us, hey, we got family dinner tonight? There, there's something about the unity and the togetherness, the security of a home that God's calling us to. That's the Shema. I love this. When you wake and at bedtime, in verse 7, it talks specifically about that. Morning encounters with God. We talk about that all the time. Before your feet hit the floor, that you have this encounter with God. And you lay your day before him and say, okay, now guide me, direct me. You thank him for the day. Parents praying and reading the word with your children before bedtime, creating a peaceful and sacred conclusion to the day. That's not my strength because I like to go to bed at eight. We have strengths and teams and, and so this woman will stay up till all hours of the night and, and she'll sit by her computer just kind of, or she'll, she'll go room to room and kids will just come in and they'll just start talking. They don't want to talk during the day. Something happens at night. They become vampires or something that they like to talk at night. It's crazy. Look, look, being available to bring peace into your home. Doorposts. The peace of God would rest on your home. You know what that looks like? Praying over your home. You know what that looks like? Getting the idols out of your home. We're not talking about golden statues. Talking about maybe television. Maybe some of the things that you watch. Maybe some of the things that you listen to. See, hanging God and, 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 and him being on the doorpost is that, that when someone steps into my house, they go, there's something different about this home. There's a peace that I haven't experienced that's out in that world. But when I walk into this place, there's just a peace here. What the heck is going on? That's the Shema. That's Deuteronomy 6. That's what they're talking about. That when chaos walks in your house, they go, whoa, where'd the chaos go? Let me, let me be real clear. I don't care if you live alone and you have a roommate or if you're with your family and all your kids. Same thing. Same thing. Family discussions. A dinner table. I want you to commit. I want us to commit to dinner together as a family. It's hard in this world. It's hard with sports. It's hard to but commit to, to dinner times, late nights around the computer, as I said, long rides home, those times where you talk, where you have the family discussions. You allow them to talk. You allow others to talk. And you don't have to be right. And being right isn't the end game. Being right isn't what's most important. What's most important is that you listen. It's a Shema. Identity in Christ, spiritual formation in our families is critical. Our kids long for sharing in their heritage and traditions and creating a sense of belonging and continuity. Kids crave those that regular tradition, the regular heritage as a family. And as we establish it, it's one of the things we establish in the church, it's one of the things we establish in our home. That's the Shema. That's what they're talking about. What do we believe God is saying for 2024 for PBC? Pour in and strengthen, commit to families, spiritual and natural. That we want us to, as a leader team, we want to pour into you. We want to pour into you. What does that look like in 2024? Here's some key dates. We'll get them to you. I'm just telling you, and we'll get them on a card so you'll have them. But 
we've been working through this Monday, the 15th uh, through the 21st, prayer week of prayer and fasting. Friday, the 19th, uh, at, there's a uh, 24-hour prayer and fasting. Women's ministry starts in February. Men's ministry starts in, 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 in February. We're going to do a marriage conference here February 9th and Saturday, February 10th, if you'd like to be a part of that. Highly recommend. Um, uh, our life group starting in the spring in April, that you be a part of that uh, ever upward women's spring event. That's Chris's thing. Um, that We're doing that on May 18th. We're doing a parenting class to be determined. We don't have a date yet, but we are doing a parenting class. And it's not just us. We'll bring people in to do it with us that we believe that God is anointed in these areas, that you will be empowered, that you will get some take with you so that you will bring hope. We will commit to get you the tools. We're asking you to commit to using them. It's a two-way street. Don't tell me how everything sucks in your life, but you're not willing to commit to the process that God has in your life. We're going to do the best we can to give you the tools. What I mean by that, yeah, all those things I talked about, studies and stuff, but like what we will do is, like I think it's next week or the week after, I'm bringing children's Bibles. They've been fantastic. If you've got kids, this is where you start. Grab one. It's yours. Go and start the process. Bible studies for singles, for couples, for individuals, spiritual gifts test. We will give you the tools, but we want you to use them. You want to walk in the fullness, the abundance of God's hope? Then use the tools that God gives you. There's, there's this tension between, God, I need your help, and God saying, okay, I'll give you help, but look what's in front of you. Walk it out. I, I'm asking you to commit to using the tools to come to service, expecting God to speak to you through this word. We're looking back, we're looking forward, but God can still speak to you. I'm asking you to make Sundays, life groups, men's groups, I'm asking you to make them a priority in your life. I'm asking you to prioritize. I'm asking you women, when you have a baby shower, don't plan it on Sunday morning at 10 a.m., Men, let me go there. When you have a golf game, unless it's the championship, and when you have the golf game, don't plan it on Sunday morning. It's a sacred time. Now, I do understand there are sports and you have kids. I'm all right with it. I get it. It drives me nuts, but I get it. But that's, then go be a minister. Go be a ministry to someone else on that field. But I want us to, to be people of God's word that are committed to the community of God's people. Set a time with the family. Commit to setting times with your family. Commit to marriage and parent, parenting conference. Look, when we put a lot of time into this, I'm telling you, you'll get something out of it. I don't care if you're married 40 years, if you're married one year, or you're just getting married. You will get something out of it. I don't care if you've got two-year-old kids, babies, or 18-year-old or kids. God will speak through an ass. That's biblical. I'm not saying anything the Bible didn't say. Yep, I let you preach. Um, <laughs> let's pray for others. Let's start with me and Eddie. You can pray for us. Let's believe in the miraculous and what God has. Let's pray for miracles. Let's pray that God would heal physically, spiritually, emotionally. Let's pray that the Holy Spirit would move in miraculous ways we've never seen. 
Let's look for opportunities to disciple. There are those in you in here that I've said specifically, I need you to pray and find someone that God's calling you to disciple. Let's look for who those are. Share your great stories. Serve in this church. If this is your church, serve. Serve. Value meals together. 2024, yep, we're going to do a giving campaign. Right behind us is about 3,400 square feet. We have 25 and a 5,000 matching gifts already committed. Behind here, like I said, 3,400 square feet. This is a general. Don't hold me to it. We're still getting numbers. Uh, we're, we're Potentially, we'll be able to take this March 1st um, for bathrooms, for floors, for classrooms. Half pipe, let me explain. <laughs> and the pastor does not skate, I promise you. I do not. But you know who does? The two boys, young men that sit in this front row that aren't here today because some other reason. I don't know if you've seen them. But they sit in this front row and they worship. And they go to school and they worship. And we have a place. you want. We've got a, a, a youth leader back there that was a professional skater that has unbelievable influence. You think those skate kids are going to come listen to me? No. Thank you, Mindy. <laughs> I already knew that, but thank you for affirming that in my mind. <laughs> I love it. But if we had a half pipe back there that we've designed so it would be a stage in the middle but uses a half pipe when you're skating and on Sundays and Wednesdays, they will come. Family. God has called us to build into family. Spiritual and natural. Giving family. I've got 30,000 of match already, and I already have someone that, that has given 5,000. So we're, we're going to, we're gonna, you're going to hear about raising this 40,000 for a campaign for God for, to do what he's going to do back there. Some of you are going, oh, God, they're asking for money again. Hey, go, go back and listen to the tape. God is faithful. I rarely ask for money to my hurt because you know what it does? Here's the deal. Here's what I've seen in my life. When you don't ask and you don't give, you rob from people the opportunity to see the faith and see God's faithfulness in their life when they give and they step out and they're like, oh, I don't know what. And then God meets them and does something miraculous. All right. I'm excited. Why? Family. At the end of the day, this all goes to which it, <laughs> this is what I have. Family. Why? So that your kids, your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your ex-wife, your ex-husband, I don't know, coworkers, neighbors, your soccer team, the guy at Taco Bell. Can't ever forget the guy at Taco Bell. Could be one of the most important guys. Might encounter the hope of Jesus. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. We want people to encounter. We want people to taste Jesus off the fruit of our life. Because that's the only hope we got. That's the only hope we got. Life isn't getting easier. It's getting harder. Jesus told us that. Very clearly in the scripture. He told us that and then he went and got crucified. 
<laughs> Life got harder. He told us this. I've said these things to you that you might be, that you may have peace. In the world, you have tribulation. But take heart. I have overcome the world. We have hope. We have hope. We had some crazy stuff coming our year. Elections. People who shouldn't be present. People who should be present. People who are trying not to be present. People that are trying. I, I don't know. I can't even keep. It is an absolute chaos. And let me tell you, be assured, if someone or the other makes it or doesn't make it, this place could burn. I say that metaphorically and literally. Places we've seen it. You know what I have? I have Jesus, hope, and family. You know who is going to walk me through these difficult times? Jesus, family, and the hope. You know who I'm going to stand by when things get tough? You guys. You know where I need you to stand when things get tough? Next to me. It's the hope of Jesus that will get us through. And he does. He does. This year, 2024, at Pacific Point Church, we're committed to building into you and your families. In Proverbs 22, 6, the one we've sat on for, gosh, 24 years as parents, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. There's a natural principle there. There's a spiritual principle there. And the natural, we're talking about our natural kids. And the spirit, we're talking about those who've encountered Jesus at a point in their life and walked away and have come full circle and back to Jesus. It works both ways. This is what God's called us to in 2024. Oops. As the band or the worship team comes forth, <coughs> excuse me. I think I went a little long. I'm sorry. Again, want to say thank you. Thank you. And I also want to say commit to work in the process that God's called you into. Commit to who God has called you to walk with. As we finish our service, one of the things that we are committed to each week is, is communion. Why? Because the Bible says that when you come together, that, that you would receive the blood and the, 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 the body. Jesus says, when, when you come together, remember me. And it's such a good way to set your heart for the week. Now, my encouragement to you is don't just do it on Sundays. Commune every single day. Watch what God might do. The Bible says that he took the bread on the night that he was betrayed and he broke it. And he said, this is my body that was broken for you. He said, eat this in remembrance of me. And then, then he, he took the wine that was red and represented his blood. And he said, when you drink this, remember the covenant I made with you. Remember that your sins are washed away when you come into that relationship with me. Let it be a remembrance. And all that stuff that you're carrying, put it right at the cross, crucify it, and walk out of here in peace, knowing that God is with you. So before you come and receive, and we have communion stations to the right and left and to the back corners, before you receive, take a moment. Just examine your heart. Whatever it is you're walking through, going through, just go, okay, God, I don't get it. I don't like it. I don't even want it. But I'll tell you what. I'm going to put it at your cross and trust you.
And what you're doing is you're putting your trust in the one who was crucified and then rose again three days later. Sounds like a pretty good one to put your faith in. Jesus. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time, for your word. What is we receive uh, your body and your blood, Lord, the communion that, God, you would speak to us. God, I thank you that we can walk in freedom because of you and who you are. Thank you for the men and women in this church. Thank you for loud children. Thank you for families, God. Let us pour into families, natural and spiritual in this season. In Jesus' precious name, amen.